Ideas are everywhere. Welcome to Lessons Learned in Marketing, the Phoenix Group Podcast. My name is David Bellarive, and another treat for you today, Kevin Hayes, the media master, will be hosting an interview with Ernest Barbaric, and it's a lot of podcast talk, a podcast about podcasting, among other things. So Ernest, um, who are you? What do you do? That's a good question. <laughs> so my name is Ernest Barbaric, and uh, you know I often have a really tough time answering what I do because I do so many different things. So uh, the short the short version would be something like an entrepreneur ish kind of. Um, so I teach at uh, I teach at a couple of different universities. I've put together a digital marketing curriculum uh, for strategy and foundational for. Uh, for the Canadian Marketing Association. I have clients that I do some digital marketing strategy work with. Um, I speak, I teach, I build curriculum, I, uh, and I build projects, which is which is something that I've been waiting to do for a long time, and this year I'm finally getting to do that. Excellent, and uh, what are some of those projects you're working on? So, one of the things that I wanted to do was, and so I've been in business for close to 10 years now by myself, and um, one of the things that I always wanted to do, I was always inspired by Seth Godin. And one of the things that he does is that he, after he's had a lot of massive successes, such as selling companies for $40 million, he's been building these projects. So he's built Krypton College, he's done a number of different, like, uh, domino projects and a number of different things. And I was always fascinated by that idea of, of project-based entrepreneurship, essentially. And so there was a lot of these ideas that I had in my back pocket that I haven't really fully pulled the trigger on. So, the, so this year, I guess last year, I decided to stop taking on client work. So last year, I uh, I stopped taking on client work, and I have maybe like I have one or two clients that I'm going to be working with, just kind of have a bit of a uh, first of all a regular work, uh, good people, and a bit of a regular-ish cash flow. And then I have started going out on the limb and trying out some of these projects. So the first one that I pulled the trigger on this year is called Pod Summit. It was a podcast, the first podcast conference in Western Canada. The next one that I'm going to be building next is called Analog Camp, which is a wilderness retreat for professionals. Mm -hmm. Then I'm looking at building a, um, a very small single service digital marketing company that I can't reveal too much info about right now with another oh. friend. And, uh, and then I'm actually looking at uh, building a speaker school. So for people who are professionals that want to speak at conferences and that kind of stuff, and I'm going to be building that with my wife. Oh, wow. Um, let's talk a bit about Pod Summit, and maybe we can get into sure. a bit of the details around um, uh, podcasting, uh, given our platform. And actually, this isn't the first time you and I have chatted on a podcast uh, years ago, uh, and I think I would almost be embarrassed to listen to uh, my part in our podcast, which was uh, the Uncut Marketing Podcast, which had a, a bit of a flavor like this podcast right now has uh, that you and I are doing, which is kind of unscripted. Let's just start talking about stuff. Um, so that, uh, that uh, uh, I think that must've been about five years ago when we started that. It was, it was I think about five or six years ago, you know, and, and it's funny, you know, I've, I've had a, I've had an opportunity to speak at a couple of places and, and conferences about podcasting now. And, and that's one of the examples that I use. This was, that was the first, you know, quote unquote, serious podcast. And it was you and me, and it was called, uh, uncut marketing or marketing uncut. And yeah. the idea was that once we pushed record, we wouldn't stop and we would not edit. So the challenge was that if one of us messed up, then we would stop the recording and start from the beginning again. 
and then eventually <laughs> that got to be really cumbersome and then we shut it down <laughs> well uh you know you, you can't get anywhere if you don't start and we certainly started there uh, numerous times uh, in one session so that why is did, correct why did you put um uh, together a podcasting uh, conference so well I've been podcasting on and off for about six years now and I found it it was it, it was it's an interesting it's an interesting medium because you get the opportunity to reach people all over the world you get an opportunity to make an impact on some people's lives depending on how you use it and uh, it's basically like having a radio station that you yourself can fully control now with that comes the responsibility in my belief that you also have to produce a really good product and so what I what I've come to is having having started and um, let go of about six different podcasts until this very latest one that I'm that I'm building right now it's called the art of meaningful work and and I wanted to learn how to make it better so I wanted to learn so how do I interview people in a better way? How do I make sure that there's some kind of a story structure? So for example, if you've listened to any of the uh, really big podcasts in the last couple of years, like Serial, S-Town, uh, Moth, and any of those types of re uh, This American Life, there's a structure. And it's because all of those folks come from the public radio background, and they have that in their blood. And I don't. So I wanted to figure out how do I make this better for my listeners so I have a better show. So basically level my, my podcasting experience up. And when you look around, there really isn't that many resources. There are a couple of really great websites like Transom and CBC Docs that give you the idea of, you know, these are different things that you can do with show structure, storytelling, et cetera, et cetera. But um, there really wasn't a lot of places where people can come together and learn. There are in California. There's PodCamp in Toronto. There are a couple of other places in D in in uh, festivals and conferences in D.C. But there really hasn't been anything in this part of the country. So mm -hmm. western side of Canada and northwestern side of of the U.S. Mm -hmm. So I decided to see. Hey, I'm gonna put this. So that was the first project. I'm gonna put this project together and then see if anybody shows up. Mm -hmm. uh, the idea behind it again was to learn how to upgrade your skills. You basically walk out a better version, a better podcaster, regardless of how you came in. And uh, that was the premise of it. So are there that many podcasters or people interested in podcasting in Western Canada? Well, uh, there are, and what's interesting is that in in Calgary, for example, there are a lot of small groups, small clusters of podcasters that kind of clump together. We don't have a one big awesome community. Edmonton, on the other hand, is seems to be, and I'm not sure why this is, seems to be a little bit more collaborative. There seems to be a bigger group of podcasters that come together rather than kind of operate in these little separate pods. And so what, what, what I found interesting is that there are people all over Saskatchewan, BC, um, Alberta that have really interesting and awesome podcasts. So for example, and this is this, okay, so this is the craziest thing for me. When I started putting this together, I listened to marketing podcasts and I listened to entrepreneurship podcasts and I listened to the Daily by New York Times. Those are those are sort of my three flavors of things that I listen to. And when I started reaching out and asking, I started I put out put to put out a speaker call so essentially people could apply to be speakers and I got about 30 or 40 different applications for for speakers. And they're from all over the place. I didn't know that we have one of the world's biggest Doctor Who podcasts out of Edmonton. It's a husband and wife team that runs it. And so that kind of opened up my eyes. And so I brought it. I brought on a speaker from Saskatoon who is actually partners with somebody who used to be on Survivor. 
and they are partners in this podcast network in LA and they their entire podcast network is all about reality TV and it's huge and they have a massive audience they've done really really well with it and so those are some of the things that really opened up my eyes there was another podcast another podcaster from Edmonton that does um uh, she has a show about uh, people who are adopted and they how to deal with it as adults. So it's it's just opened up my eyes to just how many different flavors of podcasts there are mm-hmm. and the type of talent that we actually have in Western Canada. It's, it's crazy. So if somebody wants to get started on a podcast, you are talking about really niche podcasts um, or, you know, maybe not so niche podcasts when it comes to uh, Doctor Who. Um, but how, how do you start picking what you want to talk about well that's a you know that's a good question so one of the things that we ended up doing at the conference was I, I there there are a few speakers that I really wanted to bring in but I didn't have the budget because I was bankrolling everything myself mm-hmm. uh, so that's Terry O'Reilly who has under the influence on CBC Ter- mm-hmm. uh, Nora Young who has who runs spark and then uh, Ray Ortega who runs a, a, a podcast called the podcaster studio and the podcasters roundtable out of California and I asked them, you know, what advice would you have for beginning podcasters? I asked them, what, how do you pick topics for a show and that kind of stuff? And one of the things that came up from from all three of them was this idea to have a singular theme. And one of the things that Terry O'Reilly said is that, can you explain it in a sentence? Mm-hmm. And so, so if you have the ability to explain what your podcast is in one sentence and it sounds compelling to people, then you can test it out and, 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 uh, and do something with it. Now, on the other hand, I'm going to add one more thing. I think it's worth trying regardless if you have a specific theme or not, because the way you get to a specific theme is, I believe, is trying things out and seeing what fits. Your show can evolve over time, and I think that's perfectly fine. But if you decide to stick with it, then that makes the decision. So your show can start off as, for example, a show about video games, and eventually, as you keep producing, you find out. Well, you know what I'm really doing is I'm, I don't know, helping people get over anxiety, and then it kind of morphs into that general mm-hmm. direction. I think that's okay. You can relaunch a show later, but to get to there, you have to start. So, what do you think that the, um, or what was the most useful part of the podcast or a pod summit uh, that you delivered? What did your audience get the most out of? So, well, we did a survey, and it seems that it was a pretty wide range of. So, since so that we had 110 people coming coming in from all over Western Canada and United States, we have people coming in from Boston and Seattle, and some of the other places. And so, what I thought was kind of interesting is that we had more than about 50 or 60 percent of people that were out of Calgary that were not from Calgary. Wow. And uh, and so and so everybody got something different out of it. So some folks really enjoyed understanding a story structure, which Meg Wilcox covered, and she's a CBC reporter, a veteran journalist. And so she talked about this idea of something called the whale. Now, I don't remember the specifics of it because I won't have it in my notes, but essentially it kind of, it, it, it creates, it gives you a story structure to create a podcast around, which is a bit of a journalistic take. And then we had, um, uh, Brock talk about uh, uh, editing for style. So, for example, when you listen to a podcast, you can instantly recognize it. So, uh, S Town was one of those for me because you can listen to it and you immediately recognize Brian's voice. You recognize John's voice. You recognize the kind of transitions, musical musical transitions that they that they have. 
And so he talked about creating the signature sound for your podcast, which I thought was a really cool idea. Um, and then we had a person, talk, Adam Rosenhardt, come down from Edmonton and he talked about this idea of uh, how to interview people. And his, his talk was really, really great. One of the things that I picked up from him was to use the awkward silences. <laughs> oh, I had to break it. <laughs> Just like that, right? And so, and so the idea is uh, essentially when you're interviewing someone, and uh, you know they, you ask them a question, and they'll you can say something like, "So, you know, what did you think about this thing that's happening in, with the government in the United States?" And they'll say something, and then you just wait. And it's that awkward, it's that awkward silence that will eventually propel them to say something else, which they might not have shared previously. And I think um, inserting pauses by by design is something that we're not we're, we're really awkward about. So mm. that was a really interesting learning moment for me. Yeah, I've well, noticed- and we also had Scott. One more thing I want to mention is that we also had Scott come in, and he was uh, he, from Saskatoon, and he, like I said, he's been a partner in some of these in this uh, uh, podcast network, and he talked about monetization, connecting with your audience. So there were some really, really great takeaways. Oh, and one more thing. Okay, so this, this is this is this is this is one of my. Uh, if I were to look back through the entire conference, first of all, it was amazing. Lots of really good learning. Here's one thing that I thought was really uh, powerful for me. So we had these campfire chats, which was our version of a panel. So I would interview somebody. And we brought in Zane Velji, who is one of the three strategists, which was a really yep. popular politi- political podcast. And one of the things that he said, he said, it's your, it's your first 40 listeners that you have to serve. They're more important than your next 400. And I never really thought about that, but it really kind of comes back to the idea of this is your core tribe. This is who I built this for. Right. And, uh, and that was a really cool moment, I think, of learning for everyone. So how do you go about building that first 40 followers? Well, I, I think it depends on what you're going to build. So, for example, if you have a podcast about fitness or something, it's going to be different than if you're trying to build a podcast about business like you and I might. And uh, so, so for me, it was – I my podcast was an experiment. I wanted it to live on its own. I never promoted it. I never did anything. So I launched it with a bunch of episodes, and, and the only way you could find it was on iTunes. That's it. So I engineered some of the titles so they could be searchable by uh, by the um, by using a search rate and looking for things like that are marketing or business related, and eventually that's how that's how I ended up building my first few listeners, and it was only through search on iTunes. That's it. Now what I do is is I actually go out and and promote it. So for example. Um, I have it on my website. I, uh, if I release a new episode, I'll publish it on on Facebook, on LinkedIn, and Twitter, and I'll direct people there. I'll I'll share it. I'll share it with my friends. Um, if I have a guest on there, I'll communicate with them. I'll actually create graphics for them to share on their own social media networks. So it's grown since then using some of these tactics. But at the very beginning, I just wanted to get the. Uh, I just wanted people that to find it. And if you found it and you liked what you heard, and if you stuck around, you were my people. That's really interesting. I uh, There's a lot of meat uh, in all the words you just said. Um, one of the things I found really useful is 
the interviewing piece and the 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 pause, the awkward pause after a question. Right. And I find myself included when there is a pause after a question that prompts the interviewer to start asking more questions. And uh, yes. so the interviewer sabotages the interviewee's uh, ability to provide a nice, uh, rich response. So with that, uh, how does somebody get better at interviewing and pulling out great information from their interviewee? So that's that's still something that I am going to be working on, something that I'm going to be studying. So Adam had uh, a really great, I think, um, I'm trying to remember now, nine or six or nine specific things that he shared with us. So it was using awkward pauses, doing some research, letting it flow, keeping the mistakes in, um, uh, going off into the weeds every once in a while, having a theme. So there was a lot of there was a lot of uh, components that that he shared that I thought were really powerful. But in regards to in regards to having a good interview, I think it's a really good idea to have a general outline of where you want to go with it and what you want your audience to to learn about. And then uh, coming up with, for example, five or six different plot points. So we can have a normal conversation, but then you can follow these plot points where you're not necessarily reading a question from a page all the time and just robotically asking them regardless of what the other person says. But it does give you the ability to flow with the conversation. So, you know, like if you and I started talking about, I don't know, building a house and then your outcome was, okay, I want to talk about the podcast conference. So how would you get there? Do you have, you know, would you have like four or five different points of how you can steer the conversation that general, uh, in that general direction, and it still feels natural? So interviewing is still something that that I'm trying to figure out. Um, but uh, there's a really good book called Out on the Wire that uh, that you and I just talked about previously to recording that I really really like and has some really good pointers. So it was written by Jessica Abel and Ira Glass, who runs uh, This American Life. And so he talks about like here's how I prep for an interview and 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 here's how and here's how to ask questions. One of the other interesting things with and this is something that I never talked about, never thought about. So one interesting thing that he says is that when you're interviewing someone uh, to to paint the picture. So for example, if you were to ask me about Pod Summit, you could be like, oh, what does that feel like? Well, what was it like in the room? Or you know what were the what are some of the you know, what are some of the sensations that you felt in that time? What did you see, right? What were the people looking when they came in? What were people look like? So it kind of creates a visual picture because it's interesting. You know, podcasting as a medium is is actually very visual. Create these images in our minds based on the words that we hear, and uh, and I think that was a really interesting learning point there as well. Well, I like the uh, paint the picture, and uh, that's a, a good point and a good connection that um, people hear and create visual um, imagery in their mind out of out of the words they hear. Um, uh, what uh, I went through your Pod Summit feed as it was happening, and uh, the pictures you threw up uh, around our Uncut Marketing podcast uh, look like right. I. Uh, have a picture of me in it and I look like I think I'm about 18 although I was about 30 at the time <laughs> and uh, so that was interesting um, I noticed one of um, your posts uh, is by bingo uh, it's an interview with bingo fuel um, so that's Adam Rosenhart yes ah yes and he's got a post uh, on there which I'd like to um, uh, ask you um, is there uh, as we come to a close of our uh, podcast here. Uh, is there anything else uh, that you'd like to mention that we didn't talk about? 
all of the things. Um, so in, I'm just going to scale back out because this is a marketing podcast, right? So I'll yeah. tell you about a couple of things that uh, I learned from running this. So this was my first time ever running an event. And uh, and I tested out. And what's, what was interesting about is, you know, I, I do strategy work. So usually when I, when I talk with a company or I have a client, we come up with, you know, here are some of the things that you should do. Here's how you can execute them. We're going to run this, you know, for example, Facebook ads and Twitter and and uh, some kind of a content production platform where and they're all going to be working together in order to take take leads to a lead page to a landing page, et cetera, et cetera. And so what this allowed me to do is allowed me to flex all of those muscles myself. And so this was the first time where I fired on all cylinders for a project. So there was video production. I actually interviewed every single speaker on Skype and then posted that pre-conference so people could actually get to meet them, get to see what they're like, get to see what they're going to get out of their session. I use content marketing, so we use blog posts. I optimized the website itself. I used uh, I used a landing page design that had a specific flow to it in order to generate conversions. We did sponsorship, Facebook ads, Twitter ads, retargeting, basically everything that that all of the tools that a digital marketing ha- digital marketer has. I threw at this thing, and uh, it was and it was interesting to to have to have something that fired on all cylinders. So. Everything from video marketing to I, I was interviewed on a podcast by a couple of folks that came in from from Saskatchewan. Um, I interviewed other people for a podcast. I interviewed other people for our videos. Uh, I actually went out to to meet a couple of people. So one of the the place where we held this was Work Nicer. So I went out to their space and I shot video. And then I cut it and used it to to promote the event. And then I also shot video with uh, the owner of Toolshed Brewery, which sponsored the which sponsored our conference. So overall, it was a really interesting experience. And I can tell you a couple of things that worked and a couple of things that didn't. I have found that uh, Twitter ads, for example, didn't work really well. Facebook ads did mediocre. Facebook retargeted ads did pretty well. And then what worked the best? If I were to look at all of the things that we did. It was individual connections on on Twitter where would probably say I would probably say number one. So when I built this account, it started from zero in February and it's now sitting at about like I think 600 or so followers. I reached out to individual podcasters. I helped them promote their podcast. I asked them questions. Uh, we connected. We had a conversation. Some of them shared it with their networks, and then a lot of them actually came to the conference as well. And then. Um, and then also I would mention is the media coverage. Some media coverage also really helped with the uh, with the event as well. So we I, I got to be on, uh, um, what did we do? We did Global TV, uh, CBC Radio, Metro Calgary, um, and a couple of other and a couple of other places as well. And so some of the media coverage really did help. That first one, the Global TV interview, I think made a made a big bump at the very beginning. Ah, great. Last question. Why yes. would you choose a podcast over any other content uh, or piece of content you could uh, create? So I, I asked myself that question. And uh, one of the things that I've been doing over the last year or so is I've, I've, I've been trying to figure out what does my brand look like? What does it mean? What do I want to do when I grow up? And what really came out for me is I've, I've, I have a short list of channels that I, that I want to participate on. And, and all of them are content generation rather or sorry all but one are content generation except for Twitter which is more for engagement so I'm actually I've actually deleted Instagram off my phone I don't have snapchat 
I've taken a lot of things off my phone and out of my and out of my realm so that I spend less time consuming content and more time creating it. And the reason I picked a podcast is because for my specific target audience, that's what they do. They listen to podcasts while they're driving, while they're in transit, while they're flying. And uh, that's how they get their information. And this is one of the ways that me and that person can have some one on one time. And so every time I, I create a podcast, I look at it as I'm speaking to that person. Ah. And that's made a, and that's, that's the way that I approach it. There have been people that have listened to my podcasts and that have taken, started projects. They've contacted me by email. They, it's made an impact in their lives and that's what I work for. That's great. I like that less time consuming and more time creating attitude, uh, as well as that intimate relationship with the user um, and the listener. It's it's real one-on-one time. Great insights. Well, Ernest, uh, I really appreciate your time and sharing everything about um, podcasting and the Pod Summit. And uh, are we going to see Pod Summit uh, next year? So I was that was a little bit up in the air, but uh, there was a lot of folks that said they would like to see it come back next year. So I think that we're going to do it. Uh, one of the other things that I'll mention, if anybody is actually interested in podcasting and seeing some of the things that we've done, I will be uploading all of our speaker videos and all of the resources to podsummit.com. Uh, that will be happening uh, sometime this week, which is uh, this is being recorded on May 16th. So I'm guessing by the end of May, all of those things are going to be up and you can actually check out all of the sessions, download all the resources. And uh, and if you're interested, you can sign up to get notified when we run it again next year. That's great. I appreciate you sharing all the resources and all your tips and tricks and your personal intimate thoughts uh, uh, around uh, this form of uh, content creation and communication. Uh, I look forward to uh, hanging out in real life one day, and uh, thanks for doing the podcast. Yeah, of course. It was really good to catch up. All right. Thanks, man. 